All right, my brother, we're going to try it again. See what happens this time. Cool. All right, how is everything going? Everything's good. Uh, I got my, uh, as you know, I got married on August 1st. So I got my wife, niece, and a couple of my friends' daughters over, and they're about to watch Mulan downstairs on the TV. So we're kind of hosting little girls thing. Okay. Do you plan on having kids? I do. I do. Uh, it was a couple of big things. I got married this year, and also I bought this house in May. So uh, Where did you buy the house? On Champlain uh, in Bronzeville. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. Yeah. nice. Congratulations on the marriage and the purchase of a house. Thank you. Thank you. You know, right. I'm trying to do step-by-steps. Step hey, man. Harley, you one of the you one of the guys, man, that I look at as a um, as a standard in a bar. You know what I mean? Like I see very little of you, and when I do see you, I know what's going on. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I get it, I get it. You know what I mean? It's like, and even though we don't say anything or speak, I know I know what you're doing. I get it. You know what I mean? I'll see you. You'll be working out or coming from a workout, or you'll yeah. be out somewhere hanging out. There are times when I see you with uh, Carrie Chanel. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll see you guys and I'll like chunk a deuce or I'll right. come up and speak and I get out the way. But I get it. I mean, it's, it's respect, man. It's, it's called adult respect. You're like, you know what? You know, everybody jumps their own beat, but you just got to show respect to the fellow man. Yeah. And, and I, for me, it's a, there's an understanding that, you know, uh, some of us are moving. And when we're in a zone, we don't want to we don't want to be bothered. And if you're like me, you're just an introvert. You're like, hey, what's going on? Just leave me the fuck alone. Yeah, at times. At times, especially when you're really busy. You'd be like, man, if my mind's just focused on something else. Yeah. I definitely, yeah. So previously we were talking, and you said you grew up on 87th, around the same area that I grew up in, around. Right. Uh, where, were, where were you hanging out, man? Because I, I never recall seeing you. Uh, I was literally everywhere east of Jesse Owens Park. So Jesse Owens and everywhere east. So from, what's that, Clyde or Chappelle East, uh, that was my neighborhood and all the way up to 93rd. So that was like my territory riding bikes or kids that hung out or pretty much okay. everything. So did you know about uh, the Evans family, Chris Evans and, and like Fred Staggers, like those guys, because they were on 93rd. 93rd I went to Warren. I went to Warren, the grammar school. I no, I went to Burnside. Uh, what what on 93rd? Uh, they were like 92nd, 93rd, and like Luella, all up and down there. I can't remember quite. I was, I, I around 93rd, I hung out mostly on Paxton. Asked some people that went to my uh, middle school from there. So I was literally one block west. Um, so I did not know them. I don't think they were my age though, because I would have known them. They were like a year, a year or two younger than us. Okay, that's probably because I know Chriselle was up there, and Nadia was up there. There was a couple people that stayed um, like in the nineties, ninety first, gotcha. like ninety third. Yeah, I realized I really don't know how we didn't meet. <laughs> I know it's crazy because when you said you ninety eight or eighty seven, I was like that. That doesn't make sense because I'm right there. I'm going past Peppy's every day, you know. Yep, yep, yep. I, but my house was on the other side where the field was. You know yep. where Anthony? So yeah, 
that's 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 where my neck of the woods were. So what made you go to the V? Because I know that was my inception to meeting you. Sure. Oh, so I went from Burnside and so I, I got a real interesting history, uh, especially with CPS. Um, so CPS, and not so many people know this, CPS actually put me in a, in a weird path. Um, I was no, diagnosed, I want to say first grade with learning disability. So I had to take uh, first grade twice. But so, um, you know, my parents wanted to go to Kingwood or Whitney Young and, and they didn't have anything. And my parents were the type of people that kind of bought into um, uh, learning disability. So they said we might as well go to neighborhood school. Actually, my parents met each other, got married, and they met each other at High Park. My uncles, aunties went to High Park, even my sisters went to High Park. I'm the only person that didn't go to High Park High School. Oh, wow. So, uh, yeah, so until CBS, and then I started getting honors classes in like uh, chemistry and biology and a couple of others where they was just like, uh, this is inconsistent. So literally from my first grade until junior year, uh, I was considered a learning disability. Then I become like a scholar, not a scholar, but some, a, a high achievable. So I was kind of diagnosed wrong um, at the very early stages of my education. So how do they diagnose you wrong? It's interesting. So I asked my mother when I got older. Um, they said they, it was recommendations from a teacher or so forth. Mm. But I said, but my mother told me that I sat down with a psychologist. Um, and because at my grammar school, they had you sit down with, uh, I guess, not necessarily a psychologist or a social or someone that rates your IQ. And she would tell my, uh, my mother every year, like, he's actually exceptional. He's not below. But my mother kind of leaned towards the teachers and, and not them. And I had, yeah, it's like. There was some detriment in that for parents who trust, who put a little bit too much trust in the teachers. You know? It is, because it was also like a situation, like I used to be able to speed read, like I used to read, go through, be able to go through page in like 30 seconds. Mm. But, uh, teachers got complained that I was too much of a distraction, asked me to slow down. And I would get disciplined for it. So I was never able to get that speed again once, you know, I got older. And yeah, it's it's a it's a lot of interesting with Chicago yeah. Public School. There's there's a lot of things that they do that I would like to think because what you're saying about reading is kind of the things that I could do is like deductive reading reasoning. Just from looking at a page, I could look at the question and go, Well, where was the dog with the sister or something? And you could just read the page and go, Oh, the dog was you know what I mean? So Stuff like that. When you're being told no at a young age, that's when it kind of starts to put you in that box, right? For, at least for me. Like when you're being told no all the time, no to this and no to that, no to that, and they want you to follow these rules, it kind of like dulls, dulls your perception of reality and, and, and kind of keeps you from forming your own. Your own. Yeah, I, yeah, I look at, at that and I also look at it as I was showing uh, potential or a light and they constantly wanted to dim it down for me to slow down for the other students. Yes. 
And, and yeah, it, you, with a learning disability, my, it was required that I was taken out of class every day for a period. So I had to miss either, I think it was social studies or reading. But the only thing they had me work on was my penmanship because that's the only thing that was uh, not a par. What? I, I'm, I'm not making it up. So, not that you had a learning disability, but they would just rather pull you out of class to make sure that your writing was uh, in a yeah. better. So I found out talking to other teachers that became teachers during um, during the time that directly that uh, went to teaching after we graduated from college, that schools get paid a certain amount when they have a certain amount of kids in learning disability and kids in um, that have uh, Down syndrome in the school. So I guess I was one of the people that hit that quota, unfortunately, that they wanted to hit. That's what my assumption is, but yeah. Even if it's true, it's a, it's a scam, you know? Even if it's true, it's a scam, and it, you, you slow the learning curve of those who may be brighter than what you perceive them to be or just their natural progression through, through, the, uh, through the education system. You know, I totally- yeah, I definitely feel that because, I definitely feel that because I thought that if they invested in me in the beginning, I probably would have been a lot more better situation as, as going through involvement as an adult. Because when I went from CBS to Howard, I didn't know the basic grammar of you know if it's about afterwards you have to put an and instead of an a i'm like i was never taught that or 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 just just a simple basic foundation so when i got lucky enough to, to get into howard that i was on academic probation my first semester because i just didn't was never taught those foundations wow wow so then i literally put myself in the um library for the second semester and all of my um, sophomore year, and I just stayed focused. So people was calling me militant because I was just so focused on my uh, education because I had to learn things, but I didn't want to be held back or, or put anything different. So it was interesting. But once I caught up, I, I started to uh, surpass them. And I really realized that when I went into get my MBA that I was like, I, I really don't have to pay attention. I can just write the papers and just, but you know, I wanted to, I, I enjoyed the collaboration. I enjoyed debating. So that's the only reason why I participated. So through the course of high school, what, what was the major that you had? Uh, so I was on the Chappelle side. So school of business marketing. Okay. Okay. So you already on that path. I was already on that path. I was either going to go to business or I was going to go to, uh, I think it was aviation they had at the time. I was really interested in learning um, the engine and engineering. So aviation, they took that class, that uh, vocation away from the school though, right? After we left? Yeah. That, that was something amazing for me to see as a young man growing up that we had airplanes in the back of our school yeah and and literally when I, I when i was taken out of aviation they started to teach you how to put an engine together and that's i was like oh i really want to go to school of business but i wanted to so bad learn how to put a plane engine together 
Yeah, I thought that was something so crazy and uh, just amazing to see that, to go to the back of the school on the Chappelle side, right. see a hangar with, with plane, actual planes in Actual planes in there. And you can actually get in one and, and steer it and see the rudders and everything. Yeah, I thought that was very amazing. And then to ask, like, hey, how did we acquire planes? And it was like, well, once upon a time, this was a... Uh, Air Force Base or something yeah, like that. So Air Force Base. Yeah, yeah. So we have four thousand students with damn near every vocation that could set you up to get somewhere, and then they started eliminating them. What few years after we had left, they got rid of aviation. I think they got rid of uh, graphic arts, which is what I had. Wow, they got rid of graphic arts. From what, I, from what I was told, they got rid of it. And then one time when I went up there to see Mr. Baker, he was. Uh, they said they didn't even know who he was. Wow. He was like, who? I was like, <laughs> Mr. Baker, like he teaches art. It's like, uh, let us check on that. And no one, no one knew what the hell I was talking about, you know? So the next thing I know, I saw security. I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna shoot out. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna walk out because this is gonna this could this could get bad, you know. So I'm not gonna even take a chance on it. But um I was talking to someone else about it. it's like we had so many vocations that, you know, it could it could literally help you get to a certain area in life. We had nursing, horticulture, welding. Welding was another one that they got rid of. I think they got rid of that while we were there. I, 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 used, I took that knowledge and I played around with that, dabbled a little bit just because I learned that skill. I remember woodworking, I remember plastics. Um, yeah, because we had built the, uh, the bowling alley. There was a bowling alley right, built. There. Right, it was carpet, it's called carpentry. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But now it's a STEM school, I believe. So really, yeah, I hear because it's uh, no longer a CVS. What's it called? CVCA? No, they changed it back. I thought. I thought they changed it back. It went from CVCA back to CVS. I thought. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah, I heard someone talking about it. it was like, hey, they're changing the name back to CVS instead of CVCA. So cool. Yeah, it's a big change, man. It's yeah, a lot of change. Yeah, and, and then they did what they split the school up to make room for like a field or something for like a uh, football or something. I'm not sure. Yeah, I heard they caught they cut down either a portion or totally closed uh, half of the Anthony wing and I think all of Chappelle wing. Yeah, so I, I, I heard, heard the attendance. I heard the attendance was somewhere around like 1,200 something yeah. like that total. Yeah, and I was like, that man, that's a very big cut. Because when we were there, it was four thousand. I think we were like the second or third biggest school attendance. Second, only Lane Tech was bigger. Okay, okay. So from School of Business and Marketing at at CVS or CVCA, whatever they I the CVS when I graduated. <laughs> I went to the V. Right. How about that, I went to the V. So from the School of Business at at the V to Howard, what made you choose Howard? So uh, a lot depended upon my sisters. My sisters went to Spelman. Mm. Either I wanted to go at HBCU, and I had the fortunate opportunity to go and spend some time down with them when they was um, in school to see what the college life was like. So I didn't get to see what uh, uh, predominantly a white college was. I got more experience with uh, Spelman, and I was like, okay, well, I want to go to HBCU. Uh, my sisters were still down there because um, 
well, both of them pretty much is still getting an education further down. They were four and a half years older than me, but one has two masters. One is a medical doctor and she also has her master's in public health. So I'm the, I'm the lowest educated one in my family to believe it or not. Um, but uh, that, that experience interests me going to Howard. So I applied and watching, um, what was that Bill Cosby show? A different, not Different World. Different World, right? Yeah, different world. A different world. I was really in tune with that. So I wanted to go to either Morehouse or Howard. And I applied to both and I got accepted to both. Mm. But I wanted to gain my independence. So my sister was still in Atlanta. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to Howard. So people are surprised when I tell them that when I visited Howard was the same day I moved to the dorm. I'd never been on the East Coast until... I moved into Howard. Wow. I've never been past Ohio my whole life until uh, 18 or 19. Okay. So I'm listening to you talk about this, right? And your sister's medical doctors. How the hell does, how do you get diagnosed with a disability? I'm, I'm, bro, I'm kind of like, I'm getting kind of like frustrated and angry. Like we need to go find these teachers, man you know, and like tripped them or something like that. Cause that, that's, that's horrible. <laughs> hey, 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 you know, education in school can be a good thing, but also, you know, Chicago public schools can be a bad thing. Yeah. Um, I, I, I wish I had an answer, but I don't. Are you still there? I'm still here. I'm still here. Can you hear me? Uh-oh. You My bad. I got a call and it came up. Can you hear me? I can hear you. To Howard University. I had to prove to Howard University that I'm capable of showing the courses because my transcripts from CBS show a learning disability on my, on my transcripts. And they was like, well, we don't. So I did a, a year here at Northeastern University. And I got like a 3.75 out of 4.0 uh, there. I got like one or two Bs, all A's. And then they accepted me at Howard University. What was your GPA coming out of, out of the V? Uh, it wasn't that high. It was like 2.7, 2.8. So the change in atmosphere, were you comfortable once you got to Howard or was it just like a, a small fish in a big in a big ocean? I was very comfortable, uh, believe it or not. I ran into a lot of people that were more uncomfortable than me um, because they've never, they their people were color, but never been around a whole classroom of people of color. So they felt more uncomfortable where actually I felt right at home. Mm -hmm. So it was, it, was, it was really interesting. It was a really interesting di dynamic. Uh, but I was able to adapt well, though. Was that a thing, like, from, from your parents? Was that a, a thing, like, going to HBCUs? Was that something that was told to you guys? No, not, not really. My mother went to Roosevelt here, and my father uh, didn't go to college. He went to the military. Okay. Um, my mother's... 
aunt on my father on her father's side went to not FAMU, the one in um, Louisiana. Grambling? That name. It ain't Grambling. Yeah, Grambling. Grambling. She went to Grambling. Okay. So she wanted my sister to go to Grambling really bad, but my sister chose Spelman. So, but that's the only influence we had to go to HBCU. Okay. Okay. Because I, to be to be honest, bro, until I started reading books, because I was all over the place in high school, until I started reading books, I didn't know much about HBCUs. Yeah. Yeah, and that was probably around maybe junior, senior year, once I started reading uh, the miseducation of the, of the Negro and things like that. But by that point, I was, I was so enthralled with trying to make a dollar um, gotcha. and trying to fight that, you know, you're not really, and when I say fight, I mean more so like street fighting and like boxing. So I was more okay. paying attention, yeah, to paying attention to that than I was about maintaining a, a, a decent schooling or trying to get into college until it was the end of junior year and Mr. Baker spoke to me and he said, you know, um, in his art class, it can take you some places. So make sure you make the time to make it make sense for you. And he, he, he would drop gems like some of the other teachers uh, would. Chris Awadi, who, who I had in like computer-aided drafting, he would drop little gems and stuff. But you're not really paying attention to it. And for me, one of the reasons why is because as a kid, there's so much shit really going on in the background. Right. Um, so much. Yeah. yeah. So for me, he lived. Yes, it was always something. Yeah. So for, so for yeah, for me and my family, my aunt took us in. You there? Yeah. You say okay. your aunt took a what? Yeah. So for me and my family, my aunt took us in, and she allowed us to live with her over on 87th and Jeffrey. All right. We would have yeah. moved back over on 62nd Street, and that would have just been home. But because of a better upbringing, a better area that 87th was. Um, it was more it, it was more conducive to us learning and being over there. And it wasn't compared to sixty second street and some of the other places I grew up in, it wasn't it wasn't really all that violent compared to a lot of places I've been and the stuff that I had seen. You know what I mean? And that's not saying anything good or bad about any any other place, but compared to like Growing up on, on in certain areas, man, it's the shit that you see, people getting their head blown off and stuff like that is a little different, you know, than growing up it, on it, it does. It, 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 you do definitely walk through life in a different pace after seeing that. Yeah, because I know um, when I had invited some of the friends over from uh, 62nd Street, man, they would be like, yo, this is, your family must be rich. <laughs> And I'm like, no, ain't nobody over here rich. He's like, do white people stay over here? I'm like, no, bro. It was like, it's all black people over here. He was like, oh, they gotta be rich. It was like, nobody over here rich, man. Like, these are just decent people, bro. He's like, man, they got houses. Family. It was more family houses. Like, it was a lot of single parents, but it was also equally enough of, you know, both parents in the houses in that area. So I, I definitely agree. Yeah, which was a positive influence, especially for me not having a father, you know what I mean? My father not really being active or involved at, for the most part of, of my life at all. So that was always good to see. Um, shout out to Brandon and Cran and Dave, his father, who would let me play in the tournaments and shit like that. So, um, the twins, yeah. Yeah, Floyd, man. I, I knew the twins very well. Surprised we didn't. 
They were always coming to our side. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, Harley. Like, I'm around when you're around. You're always trying to kick it with us on, on the other side. That's what I'm saying. I'm around who you're around. Like, how do I not see you, you know? Yeah, we did, but we didn't go too much on the west side of Jeff on, on off the park. We okay. didn't go too much over there. So I would I would, I would go over there sometime, but not all not all the time. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So you're in you're in college, and then you realize that you had to pick it up um, from was it Northeastern you said? Northeastern, I had to prove to them, but also I felt to myself that I was smart. And I was capable of, you know, taking classes, reading the syllabus, and um, passing courses. Okay. So okay. yeah, so yeah, it was it was it was a challenge with me, um, but uh, definitely did it. I did. I also brought my friend with me, um, Jamie Vestal. I'm not sure if you uh, remember him. He came from CBF, but he came with me over there. And both of us uh, took classes at uh, Northeastern. Northeastern had a satellite location on 39th and Cottage Grove, but the main campus was uh, way up north on like 67th and like Western, okay. Northwestern. Okay. Okay, so, so then you get back to Howard. So I, I, I got, yeah, that 3.75, applied to Howard, got in. And then um, I got into both Morehouse and Howard, but I chose to go to Howard. And then that uh, that fall, I drove up to to Howard University and moved into the dorms. What was the, what was the motivation after you realized? Was it the three seven five when you said, "Okay, I can do this"? Well, <laughs> I had uh, it was, it was uh, so how I ended up going to business was I really liked the movie. Um, Boomerang, and I wanted to do marketing. And, yeah, uh, I, yeah. I wanted to. I wanted to wear the suits, be in corporate America, and and I wanted to be, you know, that guy that you know had had his own place, but you know, enjoying life, enjoying the good things, but you know, uh, still, still challenged, still mentally challenged, uh, and going through all the obstacles. I laugh at it now, but. My, my life was kind of very close to that because I had a condo over on 63rd and I literally just put it up for sale last week on 63rd and Kenbar in Woodline. I was over there once or twice before. Yeah, you did come over there. You did come over there. I remember you sitting on the couch. Yeah. Yes. yes. You were like, yeah, come I'm back. You were like, come back anytime. Like, Harley, I don't like to be in people's way, man. Like, I, yeah. I stay out the way, bro. Yeah, I remember well, Denise. I think Denise brought you over. Yep, yep. Very good person. I love Denise, man. Yeah, she's a homie. Yeah, I love Denise. So you put the yeah. condo up for sale? Yes, and last week I put it up for sale. Okay, okay. Yeah. So you were living the life that you kind of crafted out in your mind from? From, from, from high school. Okay, all right. Yeah, literally from high school because I wanted to major in business. So I'm not necessarily doing marketing. Um, I'm responsible for, so where I work now is called, but the department I'm working for is GMS, Global Marketing and Sales. So it's not just focusing on just marketing. Okay. And yeah, I, I could get into real, de real detail, but yeah, on a very high level. Okay, so back then, 
we had positive images of black men on TV, right? Yes. We had we had the show that Bill, we had the, the Bill Cosby show with the Huxtables. We had Different World. Um, what other shows were, were, were there at the time? Um, we had we had good movies. There were good movies at the same time. That, yeah, yeah, that told the parallels, right? There were there were the Boys in the Hood movies, but then there was Boomerang, Boomerang, and things like that that told you the other side. You know what I mean? You had Do the Right Thing, Spike Lee, and all those things. These I mean, but even Boys in the Hood, they showed people going to college. They showed people leaving the hood and going to college. Correct, because Trey, although he was around the violence and everything, he was smarter, and his dad was always knowledge with him <clears throat> to make sure that he gave him something good. Uh, have you ever took the time to give some of that knowledge back uh, through any tutelage, tut uh, mentorship or anything like that? Yeah, I, I give it back quite a bit. Uh, okay. In college, uh, I did a lot of tutoring for, uh, for high school and middle school. Um, after I graduated, I did thing for Big Brother and Sister for a few years. Then I did I Mentor uh, for a few years. Um, Carrie was out of the country in Guantanamo Bay for a year and a half, so it was just his wife raising uh, his two youngest, his two youngest boys. Uh, so I literally said, you "Know what? At the very least, once a month, they're going to spend a weekend with me. I take them to the museum." I would take them out. I, I would show them how to build stuff where we literally built a fire pit uh, from scratch, um, cutting the wood, measuring, using measuring tape and stuff like that. So um, I, I, I definitely give, I even have a nephew, which people see, he's a, a mirror like me, just a lighter skin um, that's, uh, I always try to, you know, lift up. So yes. Because it's, it's very important that that you and myself and those who have continuously made a way and been productive and progressive throughout the course of life that we do do that. Right. Um, I know some gentlemen or some men, I don't know if I can call them gentlemen, I know some men who have it, bro, and they don't give a shit. Let them yeah, figure it out on I would, their own. Yeah, I would, I would say that I have problems finding um, a one-on-one -on -one of someone that's like a business professional. Like most people, most kids, you know, dream of like, I want to be a something in sports or a rapper, but nobody really considers business. How many black business professionals do you know? Yeah. It's, it, it's so few. Um, even in my, even in my company, my, my manager's manager, she's the vice president. She's the highest black person at the company. But my manager that I directly report to is the second highest. And I think I am the fourth highest person fifth fifth highest person at my at my company and it's a corporation. Okay. 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 And and the thing about it is it can be done. It can be done. It's it's uh acquiring the information and being able to put put yourself uh, around the right people. Have you ever yeah. thought about building that, that that type of network or starting a program or linking up with someone to make sure that you could pass that on and and, and make sure that the generation behind could get to it? I, I think of that, but I also think of building that network with 
people in Chicago that's already there. Okay. So, uh, so both. Okay. Um, I, I really think of both and I always try to find other, other people of, of the same mindset. And I, I find them through those opportunities to when I volunteer. Uh, and we, we definitely look at each other. I mean, even from our people, I was like, we'll pitch to each other and say, hey man, going through this, uh, what's your thoughts? And you know, we, we, we definitely are, are and to say that, you know, just getting an education won't guarantee you at all that you get to scholar. Because not only you have to be educated, my manager tells me you have to work 2.5 times harder to, to be, uh, to, to get feedback, positive feedback for yourself. You're going to have to learn how to walk the walk and talk the talk. And no, it's not. And I'm a person that doesn't, that has never changed my tone to say things like totally cool, awesome, or how people say. Um, but I'm, I'm very assertive and I'm respectful. So when people would get disrespectful with me or get out of line, I just sit back and smile. Because the most important thing that someone ever taught to me is it's not what people did to you that matters is how you respond. Absolutely. Because if I respond, that's going to justify that person's action, even though I'm responding to the action as a black man. But if I don't carry myself to that level mm -hmm. and just step to the side, it takes notice. Yeah. Uh, so one of the things I had recently told some young men when I was talking to them, is when you hear information, whether it be good or bad, don't react to it. Process it. Process it. Because if you react, usually you're going to react with a negative reaction when you're coming from these type of neighborhoods. And then you carry that into a corporate world or even if it's a McDonald's job or you're just a janitor. Wherever you are, you will carry this behavior with you. And instead of you right. carrying it with you, it's it's more feasible for you to actually just process the things that people say to you. Just process it. Why are they saying this to me like this? What can I do to get them to change it? Hey, my man, I don't like the way you're talking to me. Can you bring your tone down? Because I can't, I can't process the information you're giving me when you're yelling at me or whatever. So right. uh, I find with some of them you can help. Some of them you can't. All right. Some people are just actual hotheads. You can't, you can't, you're not going to be able to break through to everyone and get them to change the way that they do things. Uh, sure. But I, I do try to make sure that when I'm out and I'm moving around around the city or I'm talking to the young men who I used to mentor or anything like that, I always enforce that. Make sure that you process the information you're receiving. Ask questions to yourself or ask right. them questions because it's vital to your success and to your character that you do it. And also, uh, a man named John York told me that. He said, you got two things. You got reputation and you got character. Your character is you. Anybody can give you a reputation. So if you're out here acting wild and that's what they know you as, someone may give you that reputation and someone may give you a different type of reputation. But always make sure that your character stands out in front of everything. So if you're able to process information a certain way, you know, you'll, you'll move a lot further. And people will give you a little bit more tolerance. 
and they'll be able to gauge you a little bit better. Right. So with school, how long did it take you to get to your MBA? I fin- I finished literally in two years. So um, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I you I was, were, you I, were I, in I, a I, total school. You were in t- school for how long? Uh, so undergrad, I was in there for five and a half years. Okay, okay. But grad school was two years. Okay. So I I was like. I went through, I didn't have senior-itis in undergrad, but senior, my last semester hit me hard where I was like, I literally read this page like 15 times and I just could not comprehend. And I was just like, I can't stop. I just, I, I was just like, I just can't stop. So, yeah. But, uh, so I was at Northeastern for one year and I was at Howard for four and a half years. Okay, indeed. Only, yeah, only nine credits transferred over for that one year at Northeastern. Mm. So did you ever get a chance, because I'm sure you at some point you needed a break, you need to relax. Did you ever go around the DMV area? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did I, take, I took a break for, uh, I took a break for a half a year. Okay. I took a break for a half a year, and then I was like, you know what? Let me get it while I still have the energy, because I don't know if I could get my, if I, if I had to take my masters now, if I could finish. So uh, I'm glad I was like, Noah. Let me while I have this uh, burst of energy, let me stay focused. So uh, yeah, I mean, I, I love the DMV. Uh, I'm so sometimes I have regrets coming back to Chicago, but sometimes I'm happy I, I did. That was that was one of the things I wanted to ask you. What made you decide to come back? So I wanted to put myself after graduating from um, from school that I was able to attend any interview anywhere and me keeping a job and paying rent while interviewing for jobs can hold me in detriment. And I was literally, when I was interviewing, I was flying everywhere from flew to California for jobs, I flew to Bristol, Connecticut for ESPN, PM for jobs, flew to New York for jobs. And I wanted to be nimble just so I could say, you know what, if I get an opportunity, I'm there. So I wanted to just come home because I, I, I assumed it was going to be a short-term period. And then I was going to live somewhere else in the United States. Okay. Okay. So was coming home, like, for you, was that, like, a, a better choice? I think I would have, I don't know. I don't know. I'm happy where I am. So I okay. can't say that it was a good or bad idea. I believe I made the right educated idea to be flexible in order to not have some type of something to prevent saying, uh, I can't do it because I have to work uh, this job because I have to pay my rent for this much. So um, I had a fortune enough where I could come back home parents love so they had to pay nobody to cut the grass and um, all the other all the other work at, around the house because they missed that when I was away so uh, yeah it was a quick for for parents where they really enjoyed it while I looked for a career did you ever pledge while you were in college I did not pledge um, so the beginning of the year years when I started I didn't have the GPA because I was on academic probation because I had to catch up. So I didn't get my GPA until my junior year, to end of my junior year. And 
you really have to focus on your uh, your major classes in order to graduate. And it wasn't as lackluster as most people, you know, pledge either the second year, the freshman year, or some type of some part of their uh, sophomore year, where I didn't, but I also didn't feel I needed to. But I always wanted that brother brotherly uh, feeling because I'm the youngest and only boy. So I wanted that experience, but it's kind of too late where I had qualified because you needed a, uh, I think it was a 2.5 or 2.75 GPA. And my freshman year, I literally had a 1.9. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I would say to that, you kind of got some of the brotherly love from going to a HBCU and being around, uh, having the camaraderie of those who are around you. Uh, I'm Definitely. sure it would have been more entrenched having that, that sense of go through a certain struggle with you and right. everything that comes with that. But I, I feel like you kind of, you, you know, you, I'm sure you build good friendships with people while you were there. Yeah, yeah. I have no regrets not pledging. I, I would have if I had a GPA, but I didn't. And to be honest, looking back at it, I looked at that a lot of people did it just for the, you know, the, the popularity. And I was, and I was, a, with, with, at Howard, I created my own where I started organizations and I was president of a lot of organizations. So I built that through the things that I've invested or the things that I've created. Awesome. Awesome. So have you ever, so have you had the chance to travel outside of the United States? Yes. So, um, when the recession hit, so when it was, so prior to the recession, I had a job as a outside sales engineering, I was, a, outside, I was an engineering outside sales rep um, for a company that manufactured pneumatic products. So it'll be a container where hydraulic air will be there instead of hydraulic fluid. When the recession hit, I was literally let go in 2009 from that job. When I got let go, I had a friend from Howard that was working in China. And he literally called me that day. I got home and I sat in that condo and I'm like, I gotta figure out life. What I'm gonna do <laughs> so he's like, hey man, come out here. And I was like, uh, I don't know. China just seemed oversaturated. He was in, I think, Shanghai at that time. Uh, but I was like, uh, I've always had interest. And at Howard, I studied my foreign language was Japanese. And uh, I also uh, was a competitive martial artist, but it was in Taekwondo and Karate in high school. And also, I was on the Taekwondo team at Howard University where I won. I didn't know that. Yeah. I, I won Virginia State uh, black belt for my uh, uh, age, uh, so I was competitive. Uh, Taekwondo. In Taekwondo, yeah, I got the I got the medals right here. <laughs> right here, my man, my man. Um, I almost qualified for the Olympics, but uh, parents saw my brace at the freshman year said, yeah, we're not going to sign off on that. Wow. So uh, I qualified, but I did not compete 
for the Olympics. So you were serious uh, then? Oh yeah, oh, oh yeah. Like I competed, when I came back to Chicago, I, I studied another martial arts and got another black belt in another martial arts and um, yeah, I, I, I enjoy fighting. Um, where did, how, how did this go down the tunnel hole? I'm sorry, I, I missed it came straight. Uh, <laughs> where did it, I'm fine with it. I actually, I, look, I, I asked a question about, about, you know, combat sports and you, and you spoke Oh, it, okay, I remember, yeah, yeah. So, 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 so with Kwando at Howard University, uh, we had to learn Korean because the whole practice was only in Korean. Uh, so I was like, you know what? I either, I studied Japanese, uh, took three semesters of Japanese at Howard University, and I studied Korean. So I was like, you know what? I either want to go to Japan or Korea. So I went online, looked it up, and I was like, you know what? I found a job literally that same day to work for the government of South Korea. Wow. So I applied and I, I got accepted. I found it on Craigslist, the job. Of all places. Of all places. So they offered me the best thing, because Japan, you had to pay for housing. Uh, Korea, they paid for your round trip. They paid for housing. Uh, you had full ins uh, health insurance and you got paid $3,000 a month. So $3,000 a month, you didn't have to pay um, any rent. All of that money is yours. So I decided to go there. And you only worked 20 hours a week. And you had two months off, August and February. And you what? can do whatever you want. Yeah. Why, why, is it, why was it those particular months? So they, that's their summer break and winter break. So you know how we have it, have it from what, June to September? They have it all of July and all of February. So they just chop them to these blocks where there's no school. Okay. okay. So that's where you go vacation. So I flew to South Korea uh, and they put me into this, I want to say fishing village, but it was a little bit away from the water, maybe 10 minutes away. And I wasn't the first black person, I was the first foreigner to ever live in that village ever so my skills of learning korean were on overdrive so came there only learned to say i'll kick punch you in the face to literally have a full-blown conversation korean. my uh the end of my year so um yeah so i lived there and when i traveled i one month i did thailand for a whole month and the other time I backpack in Japan for a whole month. So yeah, I've been there, but around the world I've been to Germany. So wait, wait, wait. So that whole experience in South Korea, you lived there for how long? 14 months. 14 months. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. But I've been to uh, Germany, Italy, uh, uh, all the islands from Lucia, Dominican Republic, Jamaica, St. Thomas, uh, Cuba, to, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, got, I got a lot of stamps, but yeah. Good, good, good. Um, a friend of mine told me I would no longer talk to people who don't have a passport anymore. You do get to that level where you start having, certain conversations come up. Yeah. Like yeah. even political conversations about so forth, they'll bring up other countries, and you'd be like, but have you been there? 
Yeah. Because my experience being there is not what you said that you've never been to. Yeah, because I, I was told when I when I would travel, I would experience a lot of racism. And I was like, okay. And then when you go, it's like, nah. Nah, nah. nah. I've, I've experienced racism in Korea. I want to tell you the funny thing about that, it'll blow your mind. Speak on that. Let me talk, talk to me about that. All right. So it only happened once. Um, so my village was a little further south. It was called, oh, I think it was called Wando. It was a beach. And a lot of foreigners would come down there. We'll have a fire pit and we'll be on the beach. And these are people from Australia, Europe, uh, or UK, Europe, um, Germany, even a lot of people from South Africa. And I'm sitting on that beach and other Koreans. I'm sitting on that beach and I'm sitting with, you know, I'm, I'm pretty much the token. I am the token. And I'm sitting there and I'm enjoying it. You know, we just sitting down, drinks, just talking. And this guy walked past and he says, what up, nigga? What up, nigga? You my nigga, right? Because you's a nigga. And I'm like, but this guy was black. I'm like, first off, I saw you in my life, and why are you coming up to me? He was from South Africa, and he did not like Americans. And I guess he could spot that I was American, and he, wow. was, he was going in. And that's one of the first times I literally had to compose myself. So I got up, I walked to him. I said, you should fear the man that doesn't respond. And then I just sat back down. And I hear he will say things about me later, but not to my face. But when I walked up to him, top of his head was right here to me. He didn't know how tall it was because I was sitting down. And I made sure everybody heard that. And I just sat back down. And people give me a pass on the shoulder for having self-control. But I'm just like, man, you know, if it was, it was just younger me, man, I would I would have been that guy, but I was like, you know what? I don't want to show that reflection, or I don't, and, and I've been fighting, been compared to fight my whole life. I would not want to do that to somebody and have other people afraid of me. So that's one of the big things where I did not invite a lot of people when I would be in competitions. Not necessarily have people afraid of you, but to do that to a person who, have, who has no idea what you're capable of. Right. Because he would experience pain beyond what he knows. He wouldn't even know it until it was over. Yeah. He'd wake up and then realize, like, yo, where, where's my teeth? Yeah. Why does my so, face hurt so much? So the only, and that's the only time I truly have had direct racist comments towards me was another black person from Africa in my whole life of traveling throughout this world. Really? And it can, it's from, that's crazy. So I've had those experiences, um, never from someone within the, with, within the culture. A lot, a lot of time I just think it's just misplaced aggression and anger when it's coming from our own because we're upset we, we grew up poor, we're upset that we don't have parents, we're upset, upset with so many things, our diet is all fucked up, we stay in a food yeah. desert. There are a lot of things that we're already angry and aggressive about that we don't know how to respond to our own. But I never experienced anything like that. 
usually the racism I've experienced comes from other races. All right. Um, I've never had that. Yeah. So I experienced it in boxing one time and I beat the hell out. I beat this guy so bad, you know, um, that after it was over, my trainer told me when we got back to, <laughs> we got, <laughs> when we got back to the gym, everybody, he could see, told everybody they wanted to leave, they could leave. And he told me that I had to stay. And he's like, get in the ring. I was like, what? He's like, get in the ring. All right, cool. He said, fight me like you fought him. And I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, I fought him and I whooped his ass for a reason. And he was like, even though he was saying what he was saying to you and I heard it, you could have lost your composure at any time. I was like, I never lost composure at all. I was in, I had so much self-control the whole time. It was just the fact that I knew that he was slower than me and his reaction time to the stuff that I was doing let me do more to him than he than it allowed him to adjust to it. So I got an ass whooping for giving somebody an ass whooping, but the stuff he I mean, was let them learn. Yeah. So no, and I did it again. I did it again. But I learned from I learned from what happened the first time. The first yeah. time, the part that I'm leaving out is that while we were having the match and it was like two, three rounds, two minutes or something like that, mm-hmm. he said, stop playing with him beat him and let's go home. And I wasn't, I was torturing him. Mm. I was using, and, and he could, he said, I know, I know what you were doing. You weren't practicing and, and, and working on your skills. You were using your skills to your advantage and you were making, and you were making him look bad. And I was like, so what did I do wrong? He said, you're playing. He said in the ring, you don't play like this is, we don't play in there. Like that's your life. You're playing with your life. Mm-hmm. You're playing with your life. So when we, when, while I was in the ring, he, be, he beat the hell out of me. You know what I mean? He's like, now you know what it feel like. And I was like, yeah, but you're bigger than me. You're supposed to do that. You know what I mean? Like, so I, of course I didn't learn anything from it. You know what I mean? Right, 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 but right. What he was saying is, I, I'll go into what he was saying. He was calling me a monkey. Um, he was saying, you know, uh, you nigga show can't move. He was saying shit like that. You know what I mean? And yeah, so I was like, man, you really want to get fucked up, huh? <laughs> like, you really want to get fucked up. Like, right. you, have, yeah. you have no intentions of going home. Okay. Like, you're, gonna, you're about to go home in a lot of pain. For real. Yeah. And by the time it was over and they took his shirt off or whatever, because he had, I think he had like a tank top or something that he was wearing or whatever. Uh, his body was like purple and blue, man. Mm. I, I, I had worn him out. I had warm out. I, I did them really good. I tenderized them like really well, really well. But one of the things I, I learned in life after that is if people aren't necessarily aware that a person is capable of physically doing them harm, they could do themselves a total injustice. Cause what if one day I'm having a bad day? Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's, it's not, it's, it's enough for me to have to work, walk down the street, worry about myself, worry about my nephew, worry about people that look like me, you know, being assaulted by police officers and everything and everything else like that. And then for someone to take the extra initiative, you know, to see if they could rattle me. It's, 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 a, it's a weird situation to put yourself in, especially if, if those people, again, just aren't aware of, of another person's capability. You yourself, 
black belt. Me, I, I can use my hands pretty well. You know what I mean? I, I haven't in a very long time uh, since COVID has started. I haven't been in the gym a lot, um, practicing or working. I, I, I just hit the gym today for the first time since March. It's hard, man. My, my body's already in pain, and I got the shakes. I tried, and my, my brain was like, man, fuck this shit. <laughs> my brain was like, yo, fuck this. We out. Let's go get a pizza. Right. <laughs> right. I know. Trust me. I feel you. I feel you, but, yeah. I'm, I'm, I got to get back. I, I'm, I'm, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying. Yeah, it's hard, it's hard though. It's hard. I'm gonna wake up this tomorrow morning and, and I'm gonna be the best negotiator to talk myself out of it. Yeah, yeah. So I think what I'll do is I'll pack my bag, I'll take it to with me to work, um, and once my day of work is over, I'll just go upstairs to the gym and I'll just work out. I think that's the best way to do it. Just start off there, building up my stamina and endurance, and and then consistency yeah. should, should follow after that. But since this has happened, I've gained about uh. 15 pounds. I'm up to 187. Okay. Not 15, I'm 12. I'm up to 187. So, um, I, I, someone, was making a, someone was making a joke about it. It was like, be careful. If you hit 190, you know, you're going to go over, you know. And I was like, yeah, I got to be very careful of that. Because I'm not used to, you know, being over one, 180, you know. I'm not, I'm not used mm -hmm. to that. So, the fact that I'm at 187, 188 now is... Is a is a lesson in itself. Like yo, you you can't sit and drink wine and and ha and and eat decent every day and and not do nothing. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, so hey, you. You me asking what? So what are you doing with these interviews? I never asked. So what I plan on doing, what I plan on doing, is putting them all together and creating a body of work and then trying to figure out how to uh, release them through some type of streaming services for, uh, for everyone to see. I think it's, okay. uh, it's, it's something that's needed so people can see that there are different levels to each one of us, right? There are people who, have, who are entrepreneurs, because I've talked to a couple of them. I know doctors, I know lawyers, and everyone's life is, you know, we have, whether we have struggled or haven't, you know, it's, it's something that, People need to see that kids, especially <clears throat> kids, especially they need to see that, you know, these things can be achieved. You don't have to be a rapper. You don't have to be an entertainer. It's possible to be an architect because I interviewed an architect that's black. All right. It's possible to be a doctor. It's possible to be a lawyer because I, I will be interviewing my lawyer real soon. All right. Um, all these things are possible. We don't have to necessarily go into entertainment. Although I understand the neighborhoods where it's the fastest route and you would rather choose that over drug selling and dope peddling, I get that. But, you know, there are others around us and I would like to present these people to you, to you all and say, hey, this person did it this way. This person did it that way. This woman is a senator, you know, and, and things like that. Yeah. I mean, the thing that I would want to get across, like my life to uh, uh, someone younger is just one word resilient yes sir i i have a lot of obstacles a lot of things things out of my control but you got to stay resilient yeah and yeah. i think that's not taught to uh our, our young 
to us at all. We quit so early, so quick. And not just resilient, but patience. True. Patience. Um, to go through a lot of the things that I went through, uh, I'll say I'll speak on it. My mom's car, the, uh, the water heater, I think, blew up in her face. Um, and she had third and fourth degree burns to go through that, to see one of my friends murdered at, at 10 or 11 years old. A lot of the stuff I, I, I've seen, you know, it'll, it'll make you angry and it'll, it'll, it'll push you away from being around people because everyone doesn't relate to that type of pain and that type of struggle. But I tell people all the time, those things kind of made me the man that I am because the resilience, right? The grit, being able to stand, you know, stand, stand, stand firm, plant my feet and keep going and say, I won't be, I won't be deterred, you know, by, by anything or anyone. I have a dream, I have a goal and I'm going to accomplish it. Um, and, and patience is, is one of the things that do, that do come with it. Cause I've seen, like I said, I've seen, I know people that have seen some, some things more horrible than I have, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's never been a pissing contest. Like we just went over it one day cause they were asking me questions. They was like, dude, why you be so calm all the time? And I was like, man, I, this happened to me, this happened to me, this happened to me. I've lost this, I've lost that, I've lost that. I've had to help raise this person and that person. But in the midst of that, I've always been able to focus on a goal and, and, and have peace and patience in, in between it all. So uh, it, it's, one, it's a few of those things I'm very thankful for uh, right. that I've been able to, to stay on the course and not lose my goddamn mind in the process of it. Because... <laughs> This life is this life is a is it's an experience, but it's a test to me as well. Um, and I don't plan on failing it until it's my time to go. And it's not really a fail; it's me signing off and, and leaving. You know, but um, yeah, I would just like for the for the young younger generations or those who who may be our age or older to realize it. It can still, yeah. you know, it's never too late. No, it's yeah. never too late. It's never too late. I just I just think that this is something that's needed. Um, a lot of the stories that are being told about us aren't necessarily the best. You know, uh, I don't see a lot of Huxtable family stories no more. I don't see a lot of different world no more. Um, I'm not seeing a lot of the cinematic viewings in the theaters displaying us in, 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 in positive ways, you know. So I feel like this was something that was needed. And if it's not, if people don't like it, fuck it, you know. But it'll be out there for those who, who need to see it, you know. Right. Yeah, so I never, and I told him, like, dude, I don't have any ill intent um, unless I know you and I can joke with you like that. Like, I, I did an interview uh, yesterday, and I was joking, and I said, so let's get right to it. And she was like, all right, cool. I said, so when did you start smoking crack? Now, I can play with her like that, right? <laughs> I can play with her like that. I can play with her like that, though. And she laughed and she went along with it. And we, we, she made it up as, we, as she went along. And as I started laughing, she was like, can we finally start? And I was like, yeah, I just, want you, I just want you to warm up, you know, but I won't do that with everybody, you know, because I know right. everybody. You know, everybody I know some, doesn't have that sense of humor. Yeah, and some people are shy. And, and they, I think some, one woman, she said she was expecting me to like go all into her business or whatever. I was like, no, that's not what I'm here for. I'm not here to embarrass nobody. I'm just here to, Get a document and show you know how we how we move around how we live our lives you know so that that was all but yeah periodically I may ask somebody if they you know when was the last time they smoked crack you know or you know <laughs> something like that but it's only the joke and and open it up you know open 
Get you laughing. Get you acquainted to what's going on. It's nothing crazy. Yeah, I got you. I always joke. I that's literally the question I always throw a joke with my mom. So what you say? I I would ask her that. My mother never did even put a cigarette to her mouth. But I would joke around like that with her because she was so rigid that I, I do make that. I I that's one of my common jokes with her and my sisters. Yeah, I, and I do it with people I know. Um, they're like, "Where you going?" I'm like, "Man, I gotta go, man." I'm like, "Where where you heading?" cocaine and horse, you know what I mean? And, and people just laugh at stupid stuff like that, but mean nothing by it. It's just to have a good time, man, you know? Right, right. SNG, SNG, shits and giggles. That's all, bro. Shits and giggles, my man. Shits and giggles. So what do you have going on uh, currently? Is there anything, any project that you have going on? So, yeah. Um, so, so I am working on a project for my, for for myself, um, working on two projects for myself. One is where I'm currently doing. So my title is business process manager. What I do is I interview, so my job is to sit down with people within the organization, typically uh, senior leaders of uh, departments, um, understand what they do in the process and map it out on, on a piece of paper from beginning to the end to get a full understanding of the process of how the organization works. That's literally my job on a very high level. Um, there have been activities in the, that people have done to uh, help support my role, but I want to create a actual uh, syllabus and actual class coursework to be taught to teach people how to do what what I do, typically you have to somehow fall into it, which I I've been blessed with the skill, but I want to teach people how to get the skill. So I'm I'm actually working with my manager to create to first train people within our organization how to, and I'm thinking about bridging it out to you know to the world to say here's a course class if you're thinking about you know processes of how organizations are run, how to find bottlenecks, and to improve them um, in a future state process. Um, so that's the first thing. Second thing is I'm looking to, uh, I just started my own uh, company where I got it, went through Illinois, um, paid the process to get the name. Now I'm looking to uh, get, get, approval through the government and start having a side job of uh, government contracts within, okay. within the industry. So I'm literally right at the cusp of literally starting the bids out right now. And my wife is interested as well. So it's a team effort that we're looking to start. Awesome, awesome. With If the chance to move ever came up, would you do it? Yes, the chance to move if the situation was there, opportunities, 100%. I'm guaranteed my wife would be with me. It would be messed up because I just bought this house on May 15th. Oh, that's but, correct. 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 But opportunities, I'm a person that always believed if, if, if you have an opportunity, go for it. If, 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 if you feel me that strong, go for it. And I think that's what I did most of my life. I went for opportunities. I'm the, I, 
I didn't know anybody um, that went overseas to work with the government um, at all. And it was going to be me by myself. I don't know anybody my age when I bought my condo to actually own anything at the age of 26 uh, to buy a condo. Uh, I, I didn't know anybody that, you know, went into the area that I focused. Like I have a lot of friends, but I have no, no friends that's literally in, uh, that's a black from Howard University that's in project management on a corporation side. Mm. I have some that's in the, in the construction project management side, but not to none in the corporate project management side. And that's the department I work in is the PMO program management um, office. So it's like you have a, a unique set of skills um, when you're around people then, huh? Yeah, yeah. Everybody said, oh yeah, I've done that or, or this or when I'm around my friends that are lawyers, you know, lawyers are able to talk or we go to a networking event. I'm like, I doubt that I see anybody that has my background. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, or my, also my background is software implementation. I've implemented Salesforce, Workfront. Uh, I used to work for another software company called Teradata where we implement, where my job responsibility day to day would be the leader to implement the software around the country. Um, so I did that too. So software implementation. How long did you do that? I did that for about five, six years. About five, six years. Okay. Of implementing software. So, I mean, even my job now, um, we've implemented uh, softwares for e-commerce um, at my current job where I had to understand what we're doing currently because nobody knew what other departments did. So I had to educate them. And then um, now I'm creating a future state process with, okay, this is recorded, so I can't say that, with another software company in don't order say to that, do, Don't say nothing that's gone. <laughs> with another software company to, to, to get it, to make it more efficient. Um, also, we're looking to totally uh, upgrade our software within the organization now. So I'm still doing software implementation, but I'm hands off on the configuration of the software and working more directly with the stakeholders on understanding the current state and training them on a future state of what they need to in order to uh, be efficient, but also create the reporting aspects in order to measure their performance. Now, when you're when you were when you were put into that position, did you have a lot of a lot of help? Did you have a lot of support, or did they just throw you in? Tell you the I had I, I well, I've done this. What I'm currently doing as a project manager, but now I'm no longer a project manager. I'm more on the business process. So I have the fortunate ability not to have my hands in every basket as I did in the past. Okay. Okay. But the organization is a little bit bigger. But prior to that, but so I had a gap. So that's what I'm currently doing now. And that's what I did in the past. But my previous job before that, I was implementing software to hospitals for the ER system. So yeah, my 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 background's kind of colored to a lot of different shades. Yeah, of man, you covering a lot of space, my dude. <laughs> covering a lot of space. That's what I say. I, I opportunities that I thought that were great, 
and um, I'm with them. Um, and people can see that on my resume. They're like, so who is Harley? Because I'm just expressed and I see that so many things. What, what does this resume say? I, I feel like this resume says that I don't stop learning. Yeah. I don't uh, quit when I don't know something. I sit down, study, I focus, and I work as hard as I can to achieve goals. Even though I've never been trained with this particular goal, I will do everything that I can succeed. And believe it or not, nine times out of 10, I got accepted to jobs because they, they need somebody like that. Like, I'm the type of person that's like, hey, we got to throw this over the gate and make it work. You know what, we're going to pull Harley. We're going to um, bring, build, uh, your job is going to be 50% and we're going to need you to work on this project. That's literally always been my job in almost every field. I've been that go-to guy to say, we don't really know how this is going to get done. I have faith that Harley can do it. Hmm. Well, you already always stuck your nose in, man, to make sure that you learned it and could do it, man. Yeah. Able to take on any test and, and see where it takes you, which is nothing wrong with that ever at all. Okay. But I'm going to tell you this, you know more about me now than most of my friends because my friends have no idea what I do. Usually if you ask any of my friends, they say, computers, Harley work with computers. Harley, like, <laughs> look, when I, when I see you around, man, I'm like, yo, I want to talk to Harley because I've seen you, it's been times when you looked at me, man, it was like, ah. And I was like, I'm just going to leave him alone, man. I'm not going to say nothing. It ain't like that. It, it, I, I'm usually distracted or I'm focused on something. But if, if you ever feel like, hey, man, I just want to pull inside and have a conversation, I guarantee you, no matter how I, I think I think one time I was out and I saw you you were you were out having a drink. I think you might have been with like one or two people. And I was like, man, I want to go over and just just speak to him, dap him up real quick and, like, and, and offer him a drink or whatever. But I was on a move. And I'm like, man, like, it's – Either he's moving or I'm moving. So it's kind of like, yo, if I can just get, if I can do like that and he see me, then I'm good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right. <laughs> if he do that, then he, he, know, he know we good, you know? Because yeah, yeah. to be honest, I'm a dude that likes to stick to the shadows anyway. Like, I get it. Like, I understand people. I understand people are moving. I know I understand yeah. people are trying to get to places and they're trying to get things accomplished. And sometimes you just want to get home. You know, sometimes you just want to be out the way of people. So... True, true. I, I, I also agree. It, it's so it's weird about me. At work, I'm very, people know me because I'm very always typically, people make fun of me because I work for a company that makes microphones and 90% of the people are artists that didn't make it successfully being an artist. So they work so they working with it, what they got the degree in. So they'll go to school, but they was in a band. Okay. But, so I'm the type of person where I literally on every Monday and Wednesday, I wore suits. You can go in there jeans and a t-shirt and it's totally fine. But I, I, that's, just, that's just who I am. Um, it's interesting that I don't want, I want people to, feel comfortable with me. So I never talk about what I do at work or I don't really post my accomplishments too much. I, which sometimes I think that's a bad thing 
I don't think it is. I don't think it is because I don't think there's no need for me to do it ever either. And it's not like I'm out here accomplishing something every month or every week. It's, it's yeah. nothing like that. But I don't think everyone needs to see everything that I've done on Facebook mm -hmm. or Instagram because I don't think it for me, there's no what's this what, clout chasing that they, they call it. Like, I, I'm not in it for that. Even right. if I do post, hey, I just got a promotion. That's just because I'm just letting people know, like, yeah, right. I don't post. And for me, if I do post that, it's not to, to rub it in. It's just to say that I got a promotion. How many likes you get or nothing like that. But here's the other thing about, about you posting the things that you've accomplished, Harley. How often do you go on your page and see those positive things being posted? You, you get what I'm saying? So I do see people posting things like, they travel somewhere or yeah. like, I just saw somebody who was it? Uh, Fred, Fred Curtis just, posted he, just, bought he, just bought he just bought a house. Yes. And I'm like, congratulations. Good for you. I heard Curtis, uh, Fred had had a very troubled life after he graduated, but I felt like I didn't want to show my house and, and stuff because I didn't want, I, 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 I just didn't want that, I don't know, that energy. But I don't know. But I, but I saw his, and I clapped at this, and I went on the page and said, congratulations, I'm proud of you. Yeah. And, and I'm proud of him. So, so I do see a lot of people accomplishing. I mean, I think, no, I don't have it. I used to have on my background me laying with a tiger on my um, background on my thing. And that was when I was in, in Thailand. Uh, I think that was my first time. I've been to Thailand three times, three or four times. But I think that was my first time. And that's the only thing I posted. But I let people think I was at the zoo. Uh, <laughs> no, listen, listen to me, man, Harley. To me, when I see images of accomplishments and people doing good things, it's inspiring and it's motivational. Because, you know, there's a lull or there's the, the re repetition of people that are posting negative things every day. You know? Yeah. That, there's the, the, the memes that we may laugh at and things like that, but it becomes habitual and people start to post the same stuff and they start to say the same things over and over about men, about women, about relationships. And some of that stuff just be, it's mundane, it's, it's tiresome. So when I come across a, a, po a, post, a post like uh, Fred Curtis, <clears throat> where him and his wife have, have a beautiful home, or, or you, you in, you're in Thailand playing with tigers and stuff like that, I love that type of stuff. I should do it. You should do it. We all should do it. But we don't. For me, yeah. I just, you know, I, I should probably do more of that type of stuff. But for me, it just, I think it is motivational. I think it's very inspiring. But along with the other stuff that we're seeing, we, we need that. We need that. Right. You need to see right. the images of people having a, what they call black excellence, of us doing something good other than the normal things of of niggas ain't shit, bitches ain't shit. You know what I mean? Um, right. I, got three, right. I got three women and four baby mamas and, and stuff like that. Okay, yeah, that's cool too. But check out my man over here that's winning on, on this level right here. He got an NBA, this man that traveled the world, he lived in Korea, he, lived in Korea. he, he, got, he got shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, th there's more to that. There's more to, to his life than just walking around talking about, you know, Fucking bitches right. money, but you know, whatever. And, and you're 100% right. So I, I, I go back and forth with myself because of that. I was like, you know what? 
But I don't, but, but the main reason why I never showed that I got a house is a lot of people are losing jobs and they're having a recession. So what does it look like that I got uh, this great house in Bronzeville while people are probably feeding their kids? You're and on a that's different type of time, Harley. You're just on a different type of time. That's all. That's all. That's, that's it, Harley. So if you think about it like this, if you would have posted your condo at any point in time, there would still been people people that are losing their jobs or anything like that. People have still been going through shit. Me, I done looked at that shit, hit the like button, and kept going. <laughs> I just hit the like button and kept going. Like, I, that's my guy winning, and I would have kept going. Like, And I probably would have at some point posted, yo, we got to have drinks one day, Harley, and just celebrate life. I probably would have posted some shit like that and kept on and kept on moving. Then I would have saw all the other posts of I got four wives and 18 kids and I don't know what to do with myself, you know, like, and you just keep yeah. on scrolling, you know? Yeah. But the wins that we see of a man accomplishing things like as having a house, improving his life, being progressive, these are images that we need to see more of because the world is so filled with images of negativity. It's very hard to fall into negativity. Right. Like, I, I married my wife, and neither one of us have kids. And she has a PhD, and she's black from Chicago Heights. And uh, she's a professor at UIC for her part-time job, but she works at a, cons a huge consulting agency examining uh, school districts throughout the United States and telling them how they can be more efficient. So that's what she does. So we literally are, I, I, I am so proud of her. And to say that, you know what, I have nothing but proud for my wife and the things that she accomplished. And she, she had an uphill battle herself. That is it, definitely amazing. And you're right, we need to communicate that. And I, I wanna say, I, I do say from time to time, shame on me not presenting that, but it's, it feels like there's a fine line from showing positiveness to bragging, if you understand what I mean. But it's only bragging if you do it over and over again and you keep talking about what you got. Showing that you got a house, that you just bought a house would not be bragging. True. You would just True. be going, hey, four or five years ago, I was living in a condo, up to date, I have a wife, I have a home. God is good. Get out the way. It would be sure. simple. Now, if you just started saying the bank account is on swole, you know what I mean? <laughs> if you start doing that, then it's going to be a little different. I'm like, oh, look at him. Look man, at I, tell him. People, I tell people all the time, I'm black man broke, but white man rich. My 401k, my, my, uh, my, uh, what is, my stocks, options, all of that. Man, I'm stacking. My account is, I wouldn't say broke. I am well to do. But 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 my assets? My, <laughs> my <laughs> right. <laughs> and and there so that's the blessing of it to me, you know, that we can accomplish these things because these are the things that we set out to do, right? So it's not bragging. Yeah. It's not. It, it, it's you're not. right. You're right. I, I need to do more of that. If you if you don't do it, it won't have no effect on nobody. If you do do it, it's still it's gonna it'll, it'll have an effect. It's gonna have a positive effect effect on the people that needs to be 
It's going to have a negative effect on those who don't get it. That's all. They just don't get it. You think a person get up every morning, like me, at 5, 5.30, to go work and, and run around the city of Chicago, hustle and grind, just to not have nothing? Like, come on, man. Like, you, 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 don't, you didn't go to Howard. You didn't go to Northeast, East, East, Northeastern State, right? To, to, to just say, oh, you know, I'm just going to work and die. Like, that's, that's, not, that was, that's not your accomplishment. The accomplishment. Right. And I'm still fighting. I'm waking up the same time as you every day, pushing it, driving those meetings, stress. Like, people think that once you get to a certain level, you're good. No. No, you don't you, stop. No. No. And I wish people didn't believe that. I mean, no matter what field you go into, either sports or even entertainment, once you get to hit that plateau, you, you got to stay relevant. You got you to stay competitive. Yep. Against you got to have that question eight. mark. What's next? Always. What's next? You know? Always. And even now, when I look around the office where I am and I'm looking at everybody, I'm like, man, you know, the, the staff has been cut dramatically, you know, just keeping the morale up is is sometimes you know you you wondering how people feel about they day or or just life in general and I and I get it some people man they they not liking it they not liking it but to be able to see to have laughs with people especially because I like I like to have a good laugh you know to to be able to have a good laugh and and stay motivational and see people still doing good things is it, that's dope to me I, I understand there are going to be those who will have a problem with it because they're not, they might not be as successful. Uh, their time may not have come already, but it's not your time. You posting about your success is hardly on his time. It's, it's hardly having his moment saying, look, I, my dude, I did all this. You think, you think I'm not gonna celebrate? You think I went to school and did all this shit to, to not say I, 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 I have it? I'm good now. Like I did, I did it for a reason. So it's okay, bro. If you don't do it, if you don't post a house, if you don't post any of that stuff, I, I, I salute you either way. You know what I mean? Right. You're on the ground with me, but you know, haters gonna hate, like they say. So I mean, but I'm mean, gonna do that no matter what. Absolutely, absolutely. That's why I always say the only thing you can do is continue to live and better yourself because somebody's gonna have. Problem with it anyway, and who's focused on you? Like I, I never focus on nobody that don't like me. I don't even re remember the last no, time. No, not at all. I mean, I mean, if you if you do, you lose the game. You lose the game of life if you depend on someone else' approval. Yeah, absolutely. Um, even when I hear comments, but hey, I heard such and such don't like you. I ain't hear it. I don't care. Actually, I would laugh, and I was like, "Cool, that's what's up." Yeah, Actually, I take I, I take that as if somebody say they don't like me, I have no interest in changing their mind. None. None. I, mean, I don't hear that much. I do hear it, and I'll be like, "That's that's." I'm, that's I'm unbothered by it. I'm just unbothered by it because it's like you're mad that I'm doing good. Something wrong with that. Yeah. There's something wrong with there's something wrong with the mentality of people or the psychology of it all when you see. Traps in the barrel. Huh. Crabs in the barrel. Yeah, and I, I'm not trying to be in the barrel, bro. I work too hard, man. Right. I work too hard. Trying to be in a box circle or a barrel. I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm out the box. Yeah, that, that's why I said earlier, one of my buddies, he, he said, uh, 
I will not argue with a person who doesn't have a passport. He said, I just won't. Just won't because we don't look at life the same. He's like, I, no. I'm just not doing it. I'm just not doing it. And I get that. And I get that. And to a certain level, I feel the same way that he feels because arguing with people who don't get what you're trying to accomplish or they don't, they don't understand that this world is just bigger than the neighborhood they, they, they came up in is it's ridiculous, man. Like, I, I came up the same way you did. I just decided I was going to change the way I live. And because I did, you should do the same thing, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I grew up being told my whole life I had a disability until I got to the, almost the age of 18. So imagine putting that before you put the, put up the house. You put that on the inscription, you know, right before you post the house. They can be like, Harley, we didn't know he was dumb. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of people are like, what? You learned this movie? Well, I forgot. that They have a new name for it now. Uh, I forgot what it's called now, but it's totally different. But yeah, it's it's people that was in my class that barely remember uh, that I used to walk out of class every day for another class just so to work on my handwriting. Crazy. Let me ask you a question to go back. Are you still a Taekwondo practitioner? No, I haven't practiced since, gosh, I haven't practiced in the past three and a half years. Okay. Okay. I haven't practiced three and a half years. Um, so yeah, I, I would need, ooh. I should, I should, I got two of my, I got, I still got memories. I got two of my black belt cert certifications on the wall from first wow. degree and second degree. Uh, yeah, I, I I need to go back. Uh, I, I actually started taking up boxing. My wife introduced me to boxing, and I was doing that. But it's weird. It's a weird, different dynamic. Like I can't sit total square shoulders. Like my mind won't let me. I have to. I have to go to the side. You're supposed because, to. Be the side. You're supposed to be. Right, but but he but the boxers usually leave the crotch open because nobody kicks you in the nuts. And martial arts, we. And I, yes, you definitely hear because you do. You always throw throw your jabs and so forth, but your hips are kind of usually kind of some somewhat. I don't know how you explain it to me, but I was like, I just can't be in a ring and, and be that vulnerable because my whole life, like I started martial arts when I was in like second or third grade and I did it until my 30, my mid thirties. I just not going to take that out. But I also have a problem where, yeah. Also, he also says that I fight like Tyson where uh, almost every uh, thing I swing is a power hit. So it's, I don't know. Well, that, so that, that, that means you you're trying to get it over with. That's all. I guess I don't know. Like I, I understand the whole philosophy because martial arts you you do a lot of fake testing, measuring the distance, understand the level of of, of your opponent, understand how to read the 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 predictability of them to see okay what they're gonna do first. That's no problem. But it's so so I'm able to read those easy easy. Yeah. So. Yeah, and that's the best part about fainting a jab or just throwing it out there halfway to just see what the distance is, 
to see how they react to it. You know, there's a lot of things you can do if you work off of it. It's a conversation. It's a, it's a conversation that you have that you, uh, with no language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes if you're, if you're good enough, you can, you're listening to the steps that people make and, and the mm -hmm. small patterns that may change. It's like, oh, he's about to strike. You know, Especially when people always breathe when they when, when they do anything. <sighs> I like you. You you're about, about to let me know if you go if you, the way you breathe will let me know that you're about to strike or or counter strike or I know how to move. It's interesting. It's a lot of tales, and, and and that's what they say when you go. How I was told, relax when you get in there. Relax because if you tense up, you're gonna start giving away tails, and your body gives away yeah. tails all the time. Your shoulders might do something. You know, you, you may move your glove one way when you're ready to strike or something like that. So it's like you have to go in there and, and what, what what Bruce Lee say, you have to be water. You know, yeah. You just have it's to big, man. You yeah. let it happen, you know, because if you're in there and a person is able to see your tails, it's going to be a long night or a short night, you know, so. Right. But it's, a, it's I would say uh, it's a sport that's very difficult and, and, and rough. But the discipline that you can get from it too is a beautiful thing because I know it it, it tempered the the aggression and rage I had, um, and and I'm very appreciative of that because I just look at people now and go, man. Have you realized people that that fights are less likely to get into confrontations? And I like I would usually do anything that I can do to get out of a confrontation, especially if it's directed towards me. The only time I typically will probably have a better opportunity to get into a confrontation if it's directed towards somebody else that's, that's a really close friend or, or a sibling. You're more easier for me to fight yeah. than if you come directly at me. Most likely, we're not going to fight. I, I'm like, no me, I'm going to try to tone it down, try to get it to go away, right? Uh, right. If it's like... Family, because I always go, I go super de defensive when it's family, right? Because it's like, yo, this is all I got. This is this is all I have, and I don't, right. I don't need you messing that up. You know what I mean? So, and if if you feel the need to attack my family, I'm probably gonna be on your ass. You yeah. Know? And for me, it's always like, look, I can handle myself, and maybe right. my family can handle themselves too. But I'm not about to let nobody from the outside do anything. So, I understand that totally. And usually I'm I'm quick to do that. Like, hey man, I don't I don't want no problem, man. I don't want that problem because you yeah. don't want the problem I have. And you know, I've been holding on to my problem for a while now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you really want want to see what this shit look like, but uh right. I can show you. I don't know if you're gonna if you don't like the outcome, but you don't want these problems. Yeah. It's a lot of pain over here, man. You don't wanna go through that shit. No, you don't want to deal with that. So yeah, yeah I, I definitely, I, I, I thought you would still be doing it, but so is it just because of the work? Um, just the work? And, it was. So it was because of the work when I was uh, implementing software for hospitals. Like my job was literally every week I was at a different hospital within the United States implementing and training staff how to use it. So I was only, I was gone Monday mornings, and I'll come back either Thursday or Fridays of every week. And that was literally for two and a half years. So I had to stop. So when I started again, so when I got home and, and now work in an office downtown, um, 
I felt like I had to prove myself again on, on my skills. So I put that to the side. So then I, I got a full year and then I was like, okay, well, let me get back into it. Cause I was hitting the gym either early in the morning or late night, but because of the martial art classes, they were like right after work or like an hour after work and for most people. And I was like, okay, I'm still trying to, you know, put a name for myself. So as soon as COVID hit, it pushed it back further. So yeah, I, I probably will get back into it, but we'll see how it works. How taxing was that for you to uh, move around the country like that? Did it wear you down? It, 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 it yes and no. I, I learned how to enjoy it where I went and I went to restaurants that were not chain restaurants. I went to local restaurants. So it was a different experience of sitting down and, and eating. Like you, if you look through my Facebook, you just see one period of me just going to different restaurants and just taking pictures of, of, of the meals I had it was great. And just learning the people uh, throughout the country was, was a great 90% of them. Only one time I had a person say randomly while I'm training, I wish they would just play, stop and just play football. And I'm like, what? So, I, so yeah, I literally, I, I paused because I knew what she was getting at from, from, um, it was, it was when Kaepernick first started and it, she tried to bring it to me because I was in Idaho or the, I think I was in Des Moines and you know, they don't see any black people out there. It was a really small hospital. I was training. So I guess she felt the need to communicate to a black person that you're not, you're there to play football. I'm, I wanted to say the same situation here, but I didn't, I didn't go there. It was on the tip of my tongue, but I didn't go there. But I don't, I don't. But also, I don't consider that racist. I consider that it's just, just untouched because she had nothing malicious against me. That was just so, a reach, just reaching, see what they can do. Just reaching. Just reaching. So, uh, yeah, I really didn't too much. Um, sometimes I just, I just, only thing I really miss was my bed. Mm. I just really miss being at home and, and, and having a, a bed. The only times I was home was holidays and Christmas. Wow. So just all over the United States? Yeah, December, I would say three weeks in December, I will be home. Besides the three weeks in, in December, I was every, at a different, everywhere. I think I will, I, I will probably be agitated and miserable at some point. I had a fifty-five or seventy-five dollar each for three meals a day mm. limit. So I was like, "All right, well, I'm not going to eat this." So I'll eat a lunch, and then for dinner, I was like, "Can I split this uh, meal in two and have a hundred and thirty-five dollar meal, but in the parameters of of the thing?" So I got to eat great, and I worked out at gyms, and. I just enjoyed just meeting people. It was weird that I was always eating by myself and uh, traveling by myself and going to the gym and working out somewhere different news. Sometimes I would wake up and I'll forget what city or what part of the country I was in until Ooh. I looked at my calendar to see uh, and hit the GPS. Cause I had to, every time I put my address in the hospital I was at, so I could just literally uh, hit and automatically hit the maps to drive there. Just because I, I was like, I promise I'm never going to try and memorize where all these hospitals are in this country. 
So it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. I'm just saying for me, man. I don't know. I would have probably like it is. It is. Hey, hey, it's not for everybody. Yeah. Not for everybody. I think for me, I'd have probably like you know what. I can have this shit. Um, I need some time to myself. I'm tired. Of, I'm tired of hopping around like this, man. This is not cool. This is not cool. I'm sure you met some interesting people though, um, and garnished, put together good relationships while you were out down the road. I did. I did. I still have people calling me. Saying, hey, Harley, can you help me? I was like, I don't have access to the software anymore to even fix what's going on. Oh, but we miss you so much. I'm like, I miss y'all too. I, I wish I could, but I can't. Or some people just, just, hey, man, I'm just checking on you. Uh, what's your Facebook? Or, or, or and we'll just communicate there. I have a lot of friends from when I was in Korea that I'm still friends with on Facebook that we still uh, say happy birthday or we touch bases with. So, uh, dope, man. Yeah. Uh, do you see yourself going back in a couple of years after this whole situation subsides, going back to Korea? I'm going to tell myself I need to go back so much because I want to see how the kids grew up from when I was there. Because I was in there from 2009, 2010. So that's 10 years ago. So when they were eight, seven, eight, now they're like either in high school. Well, most of them, I doubt that they weren't a really a great school. Maybe they are now because their grades got better uh, because I was the first um, teacher to help them in their conversation. And conversation in English is very big overseas. Uh, it's, it's just as important as your, uh, your original language and math. If you don't have those English, your original language and your math and your science, you're not going to succeed overseas. So we have, we have, we so much have a leg up. People don't understand that our parents speak English. So uh, I would love to see how they're doing and just walk through the village just to reminisce my life there. I haven't been to Africa, have you? I have not. And that's one of my, that's one, another one of my goals. I feel like I've been to so many different continents from Asia, Europe, South America. I went, was it last year? Last year, I went to Columbia last year, which was great, uh, and all over the United States. But I have not been to Africa. Me I haven't been to Australia either. I think one of our classmates may live in Colombia. Really? Drafting. I think, I think it's uh, Ethaniel. I think he may be over there. I saw, I saw Ethaniel. Uh, did I see Ethaniel? No, I did not. I didn't know Ethaniel. I was real cool with Ethaniel in high school. Mm -hmm. I was real cool with Ethaniel in high school. Yeah, he, was, he was a cool cat, real laid back. Mm -hmm. I think he got finally had the surgery to get the knot out. Remember, he had a knot over his eye? Yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah I forgot about that. <laughs> I forgot all about that. That's crazy. I didn't, I didn't even, I didn't even, I haven't even been thinking about that. But yeah, I, yeah. I spoke to him about, um, about a month ago. Oh, that was a... Reaching out to him, trying to figure out if I could get him <clears throat> to be a part of it. He was like, "Nope." <laughs> What's he doing over there? Huh? What's he doing over there? Um, I think he's doing architectural work. I think he's uh doing really? draft plans. Yeah, yeah. So I, I tried to reach I love, out. To him. I love Columbia. Yeah, I couldn't get him to do it though. And then I asked Dakota, and Dakota was like, "Yeah, I got you." We just hooked that up, so. Cool. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I would like yeah. I would like to get to Africa myself, man. I I, I have never been. Uh, it's on a to do to do list. I also want to do that uh, AfricanAncestry.com and see like where my where my genes and where I may have come come from and everything like that. Start of some type of link. My sister did it, so I don't feel the need to since we have the same mother and father. <laughs> so what, what what was the results of it? Uh, it was weird because I thought we would come from like the main areas was like you know how most people are from like the we came from Kenya, which is like kind of in the heart instead of from the east coast of Africa because that's where most of the slave ships picked up. But we had a lot. Yeah, um, I can't remember. It, it was like seven years ago when she uh, sat down and explained to us. I need to look again. Six six years, maybe. Yeah, I, I want to do that. I want to do that. I want to find out. Um, yeah, but yeah, that's one of my goals. Uh, I, I've had Jamie um, that went to college with us. He's uh, he's doing really well in the military and um, really well. Like he's. He's past captain. He's a major right now. Who is this? Jamie Vestal. I don't know who that is. Yeah. I mean, he'll interview with you if you ask him. Uh, he came. He had a very hard knock life as well from CBS. Uh, but uh, he's doing really well. He's right now in Florence right now. Oh, wow. In the military, but uh, yeah, he's 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 done a lot and is doing a lot of great things. That's good. That's good. I like to I, I like to hear that, man. I like to hear people tell a story about you know persevering, going through life, resilience, being able to stay the course and triumph through it all, man. Because like I said, a lot of these stories you see on the news ain't really telling you anything good. You know, person was yeah. shot over here. Person was shot over here. Person was shot over here. In today's news, you know what I mean? It's like, come on, man. We doing more than that, bro. Like that is not that's not what we do every day, man. Come on. Come on. We do a little we do a little bit more than that, bro. I agree. But yeah, Jamie was telling me when he's flown to Africa how much he loved it. And that's really brought my enticement. Because he's been there like four times. Wow. Yeah. Uh, everybody I've talked to that that that's been, they said they love. They said they loved it. They said they say it's just like being in America. You got your good and you got your bad. You know. Yeah. He said in the places that are that are good, he said it's, it's just beautiful. It's just a lot. Excuse me. It's just a lot more space. You know, there's a lot of space out there. So. Yeah. I was I kind of like started drafting a plan just in case I did the AfricanAncestry.com. I was like, if I find out this. This is going to, you know, and I started putting it, I started writing it down in my head. It's like, all right, I'm going to put a plan together, but it probably won't happen for a few years. But um, I'm going to do that, man, and just see, just see what happens. Just see what happens. Yeah, yeah. I, so I, I, I'm, I, that is my next plan, big trip, is to go to Africa. Because uh, it, it's with the same group that I went with where I went and proposed to my wife. Um, I proposed to her December 30th of 2019 i took her on a trip we went from here to singapore spent three days in singapore and that's where i proposed to her and then we took a cruise from singapore to malaysia and then malaysia to thailand which was my third time going to thailand was this past january and we 
came back home engaged. Came back home this January, I think, fifteenth uh, or something. And I was engaged, but yeah. So I proposed out there, but the same group of people. Said, Let's go to Africa. So we're like, we're down. How long had you known her, your wife? Two years before I proposed. I always said that in the back of my head. I got to be dating somebody for two years before I, no matter how well we vibe. Okay. Okay. So yeah. Because those are one. That's one of those things that, that wasn't posted, brother. Like I didn't know who this person was. You know. She doesn't have Facebook. I don't blame her. I don't blame her. I was like, yo, I don't want to see you motherfuckers on my page. <laughs> and, and if you pay attention, the only way you know that I am married is that other people posted the wedding pictures because I didn't post any. <laughs> you didn't post it? I didn't post it. Damn it, other man. People posted it and tagged me to it. Wow. Okay. That's how I found out. Then I just saw the post. I was like, oh, shit. Like, you know, that's, I love it, so. Yeah, so, I, yeah, if you look at, if you look on my page, you see other posts, people posted it, but I didn't post it myself. Wow, I didn't even pay attention to that, man. I just saw it, and I, I liked it, and I kept going, man. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. That's how it be sometimes, man. People telling your business for you, you know? I mean, I didn't mind, but, you know. Yeah, and it wasn't, again, it wasn't a brag. You found happiness with another person. You know, they, they added, they were in a, addition to your life your lifestyle definitely she definitely elevates me that's what you need man that's what we all need bro yeah we all need cool cool uh any more particular questions i know the girls movie is about to end quick i think i think we're good man i think we are good sir i appreciate you hanging in there with me on the second time around Oh, my pleasure, my pleasure. I just know uh, when those girls, those girls are like little boys. When they, when the movie's over, they're gonna tear up the house if I'm not around. Oh, they, 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 tomboys. No, they just, they just have a lot of energy. They're very girly girls, but they love running uh -huh. around, and they just love running around. So I'm just like, okay, they just got that energy. Yeah, for me, I don't have my house set up kid proof, so. Yeah. Uh, you ain't one of them uh, guys that got a bunch of glass everywhere, are you? I don't have glass everywhere, but they're watching it on my 86-inch Samsung 4K Nano that I just bought. And I would take the... I shouldn't say that because I'm recorded. It would be very bad if something happens to that television. <laughs> oh, goodness, man. Listen, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna let you get off here so you can go make sure everything is 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 in good standing. Cool, cool. Thank you, man. Matt. We definitely gotta get that drink one day. Yeah, yeah. It'll, it'll yeah. We can we can do that. We can do that. Yeah. I, I would I would love to, man. I would love to definitely. So next time I grill or something, I'll, I'll uh, invite you over to uh, check out my spot and we could get a drink. All right, cool, cool. Appreciate it, bro. All right. Have a good day, sir. Yes, sir. You do the same. Peace.